It's the Megapod to end all Megapods. Through the table, wrestling with respect, the double turn. It doesn't get any better than this on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. PHX. It's about 6.38 my time. We've got one podcaster on this show that's about two and a half hours past his bedtime, but he's going to rock with us anyways, which I appreciate very much. It is the J-Man, not necessarily rocking solo tonight. I don't have my co-pilot on this journey with me this evening. He was unable to make it. So, Boss Ross, we miss you, buddy. But he will be back for next week's WrestleMania Backlash preview show. That is a really crappy name for a pay-per-view, but I move on with my life. However, we have been planning this show for a really, really long time. A couple of months ago, I had the pleasure of, for the second time on the show, having my good friends from Wrestling With Respect, Matt and Jenny. And Matt, in his infinite wisdom, brought up such an interesting idea that- You know, make his head any bigger than it is, sir. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm doing my best. I'll, I'll try and, I'll, let's, let's, let's take it back. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> but he had a great idea and he said, you know, what if we teamed up with another one of our friends in the podcast world? And I was like, huh, a five-person show. Can we even make that happen? We're about to answer that question this evening because not only do I have Matt and Jenny from Wrestling With Respect, but I also got my homies from the NYC up in the building. We've got the Rice Krispie. We've got Good Brother Gerard through the table is with us too. We're going five people deep on a show tonight and it's going to be extraordinary. So I'm going to go ahead and let everybody say hello. We'll start off with the lovely Jenny, a very happy early Mother's Day to you, Jenny. How are you? What's going on? I am great. Thank you so much for that. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt while you were doing your thing over there. It's, you know, the, the husband, I heard, you, you know, he got a little pepping his stuff uh, when you're yeah. talking about him there. <laughs> You know, let me tell you something. I had to put him on blast. That's it's, cool. it's okay. Well, you know, <laughs> over here. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys don't curse on the show. I forgot about that. Oh, thank you oh, for reminding yes. me, actually. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Let me here. Okay. First off, um, <laughs> it's okay. I can put a warning label. That's the first thing. Second of all, the first time Gerard was ever on this show, um, we we were unable to edit anything out because Gerard was <laughs> for it. So because I was Gerard not warned back, ahead of time. I was not warned ahead of time. Fair. It was that was on us. I usually make I, it longer than five minutes. I didn't make it five minutes this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Shout out to Alex the Hill from Ultra Hills. Like, they were on the show a couple of weeks ago, and boy, howdy, was that a bleep <laughs> that I basically that, there was no reason to bleep at that point. We were just like, and we move on with our lives. So it's okay. We'll just go ahead and put a warning <clears throat> label. You guys can feel free to speak however you want. It's all good. So oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so as you've heard from Jenny, Matthew, how are you doing this evening, my friend? I am swell. I am excited to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my best ideas come down half a bottle of whiskey. So I'm glad this one stuck. I'm, I, hey, dude, that's beautiful stuff. That's beautiful stuff. It's great <laughs> to see you, man. You look good. Yeah. You've been killing it. You've been earning that whiskey. I've been seeing you on the ground. You're killing it, man. Thank and then, you. of course, let me int- reintroduce our buddies, our homies, 
the Rice Crispy and Gerard, who haven't been on the show in nearly a year. What's going on, fellas? What is up? What is up, dude? Thanks for having us on again. I think this is, what, the third time we've worked together? Yeah. It, well, actually, no, that's the fourth time, if I'm not mistaken, as a whole, because um, we had Gerard for Survivor Series. And I'm old. I, I lost yeah. count. Yeah, it's you know what, but it's cool, man, because it, it's it's just always great to work with you guys. It's you know, you guys are some of the hardest working people in the game, all four of you. And like, I, I love doing this because I have fun with it. And there's nothing better to do than have fun with other people who love to have as much fun as you do. And so, like, I'm I'm just I'm hella pumped that all four of you guys are here with me this evening. So it's it's great. I mean, it'd be nice to see Gerard, but his camera doesn't work, so that's trash, but it's all good. It's just um, part of my new gimmick. I'm just, I have, like, a dark alter ego. It's okay. He's like, ugly. He's got the <laughs> black, uh, uh, sitting in the dark room closet thing going on right now. I'm just waiting for someone to knock on my door like Alice Black does now. That's going to be my new bit. Okay, that's fair. Fight. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> happening. So um, basically, this is the finale of the double turns mashup mania we've had the the utmost pleasure to have had um a few of our podcasting friends over the last month um you know i had this cool idea to just like you know i always love to collaborate ross knows this you guys know this clearly and so i was like you know how do we do it how, how do we make this happen i was like well, why don't we just set apart like a month where we have some of our best friends from the podcasting world come on you know we had the thunderous wizard from hops and box office flops Join us for our three-part WrestleMania review, all three episodes, which are up now on the Double Turn Podcast. You can find it wherever you want. And then we had um, our friends, the Ultra Heels, Ultra Heels Podcast, also from the Upper East Coast. And it was their first time on, and we had a great time with them. And we had our homie CP Razor, um, who's a Twitch streamer. And now we go ahead and finish it up with the bang. You know, we've been posting up on online. Like, this is literally like the Justice League meeting with the Avengers, meeting with the Power Rangers, <laughs> meeting with King Kong and Godzilla all at the same time um and so long as i get to be the pink ranger you can totally be the pink ranger absolutely and if anybody you know like you guys can pick whatever ranger you guys want to be i'm sorry matt but i'm calling dibs on that one so you can have it man (laughs) um so here we are and tonight we're going to be having a really good time discussing what what the five of us believe to be the three best nxt takeover matches in nxt takeover history and um, I think all five of us, for the most part, um, have gone on record being pretty big NXT fans. Um, I mean, it, it is probably the, the one of the better things that WWE puts out on a yearly basis. Although, you know, I, I think we can all agree right now that SmackDown is firing on all cylinders because the Tribal Chief has been acknowledged, goddammit. Um, but for the most yeah. part, NXT has been just crushing it for the last few years. And if there's anybody that can say anything about putting out great matches, especially over the last three or four years, it's, it's been NXT and uh, well, that's not necessarily true because Gerard and Crispy will fight me all day that it's NJPW, but that's fine. And that's probably correct, but at least in the American market, it's for the most part been NXT um, with AEW right there with them, um, especially over the last year and a half. So that's what we're going to be discussing tonight. But before we go ahead and go any further, I'd like for um, our four hosts uh, our yeah, for her co-hosts are this evening. I'd like for them to go ahead and plug their podcasts, um, plug what they want to do because you know if you're going to come on TDT, I want you to be able to go ahead and discuss what you love and what you're doing. So, three um, T guys, hit us up, man. Tell us about three T. Tell us about I Strong Style. Go for it. 
Yeah, so if you want to check us out on I Strong Style, that's a straight debauchery 24-7. That's not a serious page at all in terms of, you know, just having making people laugh and having fun conversations, um, some engagement, engagements with trolls sometimes, but it is what it is. You want to check out more serious content, check us out on Through the Table. You know, that's straight wrestling news, um, discussion topics about wrestling, and we, we cover most of our, the New Japan events on that page as well. Um, 3T is better at – not 3T. Wow, Rice Krispie. See, I'm, I'm rusty a little bit, guys. But Rice Krispie is the king of plugs. So I'm just going to let him plug the moolah, the podcast itself, because that's his thing. He's the Shawn Michaels to my Triple H. Hit him. <laughs> you know, I got to get that merch money. Oh, man, it's been a while because uh, 3T's kind of took – an unplanned hiatus uh, over the last couple of months, but you can check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at 3T pod. And you can download us wherever you get your podcasts, whether that is Apple, Spotify, Google play, tune in radio, all the main uh, platforms to get your podcast, check out some of our older episodes. Uh, we do hope to, be back at it soon. Um, we, we need you in the podcasting game, fellas. Like, no joke. So uh, the sooner you guys get back on that content train, the better it will be for all of us. I'm, and I'm not trying to kiss your ass. I'm just being honest. You know how much I love you guys and you guys and, and, and the content you guys put out. So it's, it, it is a truly, it's a true pleasure that you guys are, like, basically coming back for the first time really with us and awesome. And, uh, of course, Matt, Jenny, hit us up. Wrestling with respect, metal rock whiskey. Hit me, man. All right. You want to go? You, you go. go. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, you can find us. Let's start with the mothership, which is our network website, which is spiritofrockpods.com. You can find us, our other great shows on that network there. You can listen, you can read bios, you can check out everything there. Uh, of course, Instagram, we try to stay as active as possible. Sometimes it's difficult with the little ones, but we try but that's at wrestling with respect you can check us out on Twitter. Again, same story. We try to live tweet during the shows when we can uh, at respect pod. I usually retweet a lot of stuff, uh, some hot takes on there as well. So you can check us out there and you know, we don't always release shows, but when we do it's special. So uh, have a few things in the cards right now that should be hitting the airways pretty soon. That's about it. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, you know, oh, on all major platforms too. Sorry. iTunes, oh, Spotify. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Yes, go check them out. Go check both of them out. Um, they're great. And by the way, if you happen to really, really, really love whiskey, um, I suggest two people or three people. Johnny, I do. Berlin. I like whiskey. I know you like whiskey. I know you like whiskey. And he's oh, been on our show. He has been on yes. Metal Rock Whiskey. This is true. Yes. Plug that. Plug that right. as well because uh, that's an awesome collab that you guys did. I got a yeah. chance to go ahead and just watch a few of the snippets that you guys posted on the. Uh, on the Instagram page for metal rock whiskey. And, you know, you know, crispy, you killed it, bro. Um, and I appreciate you. Matt, Matt just stood and watched by as his co-host just bullied me about my little <laughs> slipknot. Yeah. I mean, she likes I mean, you. I, yeah, it's okay. exactly. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. And then you guys can go ahead and check out the double turn um, on Instagram and on Twitter. Now uh, we are at TDT wrestling pod on Twitter. And of course the double turn podcast on Instagram, you can go ahead and check me out the one and only J man 19. And of course, Ross, the real boss 85. And he is boss Ross TDT on Twitter. So go ahead and check us out. We are um, 
now part of the Wabam Entertainment Group, which has been really, really fun. So if you are interested in not just us as a wrestling platform, but perhaps you're into like comic books or movies or anything like that, go check out Wabam. It's good stuff. That's wabament.com. Um, I think that's enough plugs, but does everybody agree? Mm-hmm. Fair. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk the greatest NXT TakeOver matches of all time. Um, there was a couple of questions that I wanted to go ahead and ask all four of you. Um, and we'll go ahead and get started with uh, Crispy on this one. Crispy, as you were, I, I don't know how many matches you ended up watching to go ahead and really dwindle it down to your top three. But I wanted to ask you, were there any matches that from when Matt and I came up with this idea and then gave it to, gave it to you guys that you felt originally were going to be in your top three and then you rewatched it and you said, oh, I was wrong. And were there any matches that you were like, they're not in my top three, you rewatched it, and then you changed your mind and said, it is in your, it is in your top three? Uh, I would say that there's probably uh, some matches that I first had in mind when coming up with this list that, like, when you came up with the idea and you messaged us, it's like, bam, right away. I was like, oh, I already know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, and then I watched some matches and I was just like, oh, wow, you know what? As good as these matches are, they're not actually making my top three. Uh, but I think the reason being is I kind of made it a little harder on myself. Um, when I look at NXT historically as a brand, there, this is a very hard thing to do to just pick three matches throughout its entire history because uh, it has all these eras. And you go back to right after, you know, NXT used to be this quasi-reality show competition thing, whatever it was. Right. Uh, and then eventually OVW became or FCW became NXT. You go back as early as uh, the Cesaro, Sami Zayn, matches, yeah, like twenty fourteen. How how important those were to early NXT. Yeah, uh, you go back to Seth becoming the first NXT champion. So it's very hard to pinpoint three matches in, in its entirety because there's a lot of matches that I think are important to the growth of NXT. I agree, and NXT is a rare brand that. At any given time, I say the three key uh, portions of the show, singles division, tag team division, and women's division, are all strong and all focal points at the same time. WWE, we already know, has a history of not taking women's wrestling seriously, sometimes not putting a lot of effort into the tag team division. Uh, But NXT kind of fires on all cylinders and does it pretty well and that's that's a pretty rare thing in wrestling um so for me to make it harder on myself i my top three matches are one singles match one tag team match and one women's match so there are definitely a lot of matches because of that right that when i first thought about making this list were for sure shoe-ins and you know easy for me to say oh yeah that's top three match yeah and then eventually i had to cut him off because i had to make it fair for all three divisions if you will 
uh, you know, I totally understand that. And I remember when you messaged us that you were like, Hey, I'm going to, what you wanted to do. You were like, I'm going to go one women, one tag, one singles. And I was like, that's brilliant. And I thought about wanting to do that myself, but I wanted to be fair to the entirety of what is NXT. And I, I, I forced myself to say, you know what, I'm just going to look at everything and just go based off of it. And it, if it happens to be that a tag team match squeaks in or a women's match squeaks in or something like that, so be it. Um, but I fully understand your thought process. And I'm glad to know that I wasn't the only one that was on the mindset of, oh, I thought that match was top three caliber ever. I don't feel that way anymore after a reviewing. How about yourself, Matt and Jenny? How, how, how are you guys' feelings changed? Well, going into this, I realized I had the idea, but I think I underestimated how monumental of a task this was. And I'm not, I'm not even going back to the time period that, that Chris is talking about either, you know, the early, early stuff. I'm excluding that just from my initial thoughts on this. You know, I'm just going back in my mind, in my brain, the last two years, you know, three years. And I'm thinking of the gargantuan amount of matches that I've seen and I said, holy crap, that's a fantastic match. You know, you know, I'm going to do the Meltzer five-star plus ratings, whatever. And as I weeded through some of them, I said, hey, okay. Yeah, yeah. We do broken tables here. We don't do stars. Broken tables. Sorry. Yeah, I know. No, Put sorry. some respect on that, Dagnabbit. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it became a little, it, it was hard, but I think that we were able to sort of weed out some of the ones that, like you said, I held in very high regard early on. And then I could kind of, you know, base it off of the ones that I'm like, okay, we had a couple of shoe ins and I'm like, okay, what does this have that these have? What do these have that don't, that these other matches don't have? And it was easier to separate that way. Um, I think we had a kind of the same philosophy on that. So um, I think we have a pretty, and what's funny too, I'll say is that, you know, we started out with a large number of matches where we agreed on one, then we had two different ones and we agreed on two. And then the third one was different at the end of it. We have a consensus list, the three of the two of us. Yeah. So, so we have, we have same, a joint list. We have a okay, <laughs> that's, no, that's cool though, which is actually really same. interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and I'm looking forward to go ahead and hearing um, what you guys chose, but I, I do want to go ahead and make sure that I get Gerard's feelings. Gerard, um, how did, how did you feel? What, what was it? Did, did you say this is the matches and then you watch them? Were you right? Were you wrong? What was the process like? So I like challenging myself when it comes to doing like concepts like this. So instead of going for the greatest matches, because this is as a, how, I, how I define greatness in a sense, too, is historical meaning. So my three matches are going to, what I feel are the three most important matches to NXT's history okay. in general. Because there's so many great matches, like, especially in the last, like, three to four years, where you could just pick and choose. And at one point, I was going through all these matches, and I'm like, okay, this is like a tsunami of, like, five broken tables, four broken tables over and over and I'm like I just gotta f- find something different because if I don't 
I'm just going to be stuck watching matches like for like a month straight before this episode was coming in. So I, I changed my little idea up and I'm going with the three most historical meanings to me anyway, which I feel like really built NXT to what it is. I love that. I actually, I love that uh, thought process. Bec- and and th- by the way, this is exactly why I wanted to do this five person show, because as you can tell audience, we've already got like five different ideas of how we want to approach this exact same goal. So now Ross, unfortunately, was unable to join us this evening, but I did reach out to him and I asked him, hey, man, you know, I still want you to be a part of the show, at least in spirit. What were your three best takeover matches in its history? So I'm going to go ahead and read them off to you. And then we're going to go ahead and go dive straight in with honorable mentions and go into our top three. Um, he hit me with, um, in a couple of these, one of them I'm, I'm not surprised of. The other two, I'm still not surprised of because I know him, but you guys might find it a little bit surprising. So here he went, and they're not in any particular order. Ours will be. But he hit me with, of course, Bailey and Sasha from Brooklyn. Not really surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, and I know him, and I know how much he loves this match. He went Aleister Black and Adam Cole from NXT TakeOver Philly in the Extreme Rules match, which I think is a really underappreciated match. I think it's really strong. And then the last one, and again, he's a huge Pete Dunne fan. Um, he went Pete Dunne and Walter at NXT TakeOver New York, um, which is a banger of a match. Oof. That match would have stolen yeah. the show had it not been for the main event. Um, and I think oh, we yeah. can all agree on that. Um, that that might have That's probably one of the matches that initially were was on my list and right? then i had, had to, to switch it up some things but so if it's a good if, one are we, are we is someone keeping a tally here like if we all have ones that overlap then that's the that is the greatest yeah i think so and i think that's probably my job as the actual main host of this program so yeah. i got I, i've got my phone to go ahead and jot everything down because i, I <laughs> i'll make sure to go ahead and keep that in mind because i think that'll be really important but um, so are we are we gonna crown the greatest match tonight i think, think so i think I that's, that's the what the super pod just sounded <laughs> this to is the, i mean we I, I feel like we don't have a choice not to go down a rabbit hole here, but yeah. this is what I'm known for. But you mentioned Walter, and you talk about guys that can eventually beat Roman Reigns, right? Uh-huh. That guy's got to be in the conversation. Thousand percent. Yes, I think I think this whole pod can agree on that. Am I right? Yeah. I had the most fun watching back Walter NXT matches. I think more That's so than any of the other guys. Yeah. That's not surprising. How many times has Walter broken five broken tables, fellas? Have we? Have you guys gotten past that point? Have you broken the system yet? Because I know that I, we. I think he has one. I think he has at least one for me. Okay. He has one of. I think. I think Rice Krispie had a four point seven five, a couple times with Walter. Not surprising. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, when we did WrestleMania Night One's review last year, when I was on, didn't we all agree that the only time that a five tape five broken tables were actually broken was Undertaker and AJ Styles? Or have you guys redone that again? Because it's been. Oh, I broke it in the G with the G one and like Wrestle Kingdom after that, but That's that was surprising. like one of the yeah. So, but that was one of the first ones. But yeah, Walter, I, I he grew more on me rewatching a lot of his old stuff. For That's sure. awesome. That's awesome. Now, shout out to Walter. Walter's a G. So here we go. We're gonna go ahead. Everybody's gonna get one honorable mention, and we're gonna go ahead and keep it to about thirty seconds. Okay, we're gonna go ahead and start with Jenny. Jenny, hit us with your honorable mention. Honorable mention. Okay. So our honorable mention was um, NXT TakeOver Toronto, and it was DIY versus the Revival two out of three falls. 
we we were watching. Well, this is your honorable mention. Oh, I have a different honorable, oh, honorable mention. We agreed on the three, me. but I have a different honorable mention. So we were obviously doing our research, and you know, it's it's a great match, and we're we're pretty pumped about it. But then we're like, okay. And we realized, okay, but is it better than XYZ match? And it, it was really tough, but it had to be bumped. But it does get the salute and the uh, I liked honorable it, I mention. I liked it less than I remember liking it when I first saw it. I, I feel that 1,000% yeah. because that happened to me yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Matt, what's It's really conflicting moment? talking about uh, something you love and you're like, well, maybe it, not so. <laughs> when, when when I get to my honorable mention, I'm I'm gonna mention that because I, some last night that happened to me. I was watching washing the dishes and I was like, oh, damn it! Why don't I love this match as much as I did <laughs> two years ago? Yeah, or whatever it was, right? But I feel you on DIY and the revival. Two out of three falls. I mean, that match is a banger. We did cover it on TDT's Classic Series a few months ago, and. uh it's a good match. I think it's a yeah. great match. I think that there's been better tag team matches in NXT, mm-hmm. but uh, I hear you on that. Matt, how are we looking, man? What, what, what did you pick out as your honorable mention? Well, I mean, I could pick from a whole slew of matches, but I'll just take the one that my opinion maybe changed on the most from when I first saw it, and that would be the uh, Fatal 4-Way match for the Vacants NXT Tag Team titles at TakeOver 25. That ladder, ladder match. match was a yes. Yeah, I mean, they freaking killed each other. They all four of those teams worked their asses off, and they, all four of those teams can work. Um, and they killed each other, but it just didn't. I don't know. It it wasn't. It didn't grab me again. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. Funny so that, that was one. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Takeover Twenty Five because I had that same situation as well. Um, Crispy, hit me with the with your honorable mention. What do you got, brother? So the honorable mention that I have, and I think the reason why it ended up getting axed was probably because as good as, as good as it is, wasn't that long of a match, and it was kind of overshadowed by other things on this show. But I'm going to go with Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne for the United Kingdom Championship. Ah, um, before I, because this point is going to come up to something that I want to bring up later with one of my matches. Does anybody know off the top of their head which show this took place on? Um, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that NXT TakeOver? Wasn't that Black? Uh, Black? No, it wasn't Blackpool. Chicago, right? No, that was their yes. rematch. It was what? Chicago. I'm talking oh. about that. I'm talking about for the, yeah. I gotcha. did my homework. I did yeah. my homework. <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm going to bring that up later on in the show. Fair Something play. about that later on in the show. Fair play. So just to remind me really quickly, because you're talking about the Chicago match, but they did have their original match like in the finals for the UK tournament, right? Right. That was to crown the champion. Okay. But this was for the this this was was for the title. This defending was, his, or Tyler Bate defending his title. His yeah. title. Yeah, that match is just, is is you're right. It is short. It's like 14 minutes long, but it it's it's quite strong. It's a quite strong 14 minute match. Gerard, do you got an honorable mention, brother? Yeah, and this is not going to be in anybody's top 25 takeover matches or top 50 takeover matches, but in terms of an historical sense, Takeover Brooklyn once opener, Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Thunder Liger. It was Jushin Thunder Liger's only WWE match. <laughs> ever and 
it was super entertaining. I mean, I was there live, but in hindsight, you know, WWE has not done that since where they've had a talent not signed to WWE work a show for them, really. Even up on the main roster, really, you know, other than maybe Jericho at the Saudi shows, but realistically, he was still kind of friends, like, friends with benefits with WWE at that point. But Jushin Dunder Liger, his only WWE match has to be my honorable mention. If it was a longer match, maybe he would have gotten to the top three, but it was a little eight-minute opener. It was a great experience to see Liger live. Especially in the United States, because obviously that didn't happen that often back in the day. Um, now that's that. I mean, hell, just based on that match alone, and of course, you know what he meant to wrestling as a whole. But for the most part, that's part of the reason why he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. He got inducted as a uh, 2020 inductee. Was that right, or was it a 2021? Oh, um, I believe he was 2020 because that he was, was he was okay. part of the COVID class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, no, that matches. I, I think all four of you guys' matches that you guys are mentioned. Um, are very, very strong. I'm kind of afraid to mention mine. I don't want to go ahead and get destroyed on my own show, but, oh, man. you know, but you know, it's an honorable mention, which means it's, it's, it's top four, right? That's, that's how I view it. So that's pretty, it's, yeah. it's still like hot. It's really high. Defended I will say this. Want, yeah. What's that? It's a defended. However you want. Yeah, no, you no, it's justify. all good. I will say this storm. You're about to get because, because, because it's okay. A- this isn't Twitter. We're not gonna, no, yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna bully you. <laughs> if you want to talk smack about me, come talk smack to me at TDT Wrestling Pod. You're more than welcome. This to. is That's a fine. safe place. This is a safe place for the <laughs> most part. Um, I will say this there's a difference between best match in takeover history and most important match in takeover history. And this match, even though it's my honorable mention, I will say is the most important match in the history of NXT takeover. So my honorable mention is going to be Sasha Banks and Bailey at NXT takeover Brooklyn. I love that match. Um, Matt, Jenny, we talked about it with Ross when you guys were here the first time last October. Um, I adore it. I think it's fantastic. And if I had, if we did a top five, it would be at number four. Like that's how great it is. But when you look at it as a landscape, it's not the best match in the world, but God damn it is the, the most important thing NXT TakeOver has ever had to do. Because <laughs> that match single-handedly, besides the fact that of course, you know, saw everything that Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, and Becky did throughout all of 2015, but that match was the one that said, okay, we've entered that new era. We've, we've ushered it in and it's been ushered in by two, four wonderful ladies um, that can go with the best of them. I don't think that without that match, I don't think there's, I don't think we get what became Oscar without NXT takeover Brooklyn. Um, so that's an honorable mention to me. It's again, the most important match in NXT takeover history, but it is my honorable mention. Let's dive in. We're going number three, Gerard, Hit me with your number three first, good sir. Number three for me, um, this match was on TakeOver Brooklyn 2. It was the main event, um, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. The reason why, in terms of the historical sense, this was what I felt the first NXT TakeOver that had a big match feel main event level match. This wasn't like, you know, smaller indie guys who were on maybe ring of honor or other promotions coming in doing a main event or, you know, Finn Balor wasn't as big of a star coming in as Nakamura was. And obviously Samoa Joe was one of the biggest stars in American wrestling when he came in based off what he did in TNA and impact. 
So when you put Nakamura, who was at that time was not really murked on the main roster, like it wasn't main roster Nakamura, the wave of momentum coming out of the two Wrestle Kingdom matches was there. Samoa Joe played the perfect, you know, villain for Nakamura. They had a brutal match, you know, Nakamura ends up winning. I feel still one of the biggest main events in NXT history. And I mean, that's just also me being a Nakamura mark on top of that, but I'm going to put it on there as number three. It was a pretty physical match. And like I said, two big stars going at it. That was the first time NXT had two legitimate main event level stars at the time in a main event that could have main evented any promotion on the planet. Huh? I'm, I'm a little bit stumped, not because you picked that match, but the way that you just described it in the sense of a big fight feel, because if there was, and feel free to chime in everybody else, but I think of big fight feel. I actually do think of Sasha versus Bailey in Brooklyn as a big fight feel. Um, so it's interesting that to you, that was the first ever time in NXT's takeovers that that made you feel that way. But I can, I can appreciate it in particular because of the rock star aura that Nakamura was bringing in at the time. And of course, like Samoa Joe was like, I mean, Samoa Joe was a Hall of Famer in professional wrestling. And remember, that's when Nakamura had the, the violin entrance. They went all out of him. Sasha and Bailey also did not main event take over Brooklyn 1. Which also. probably was the wrong call. Yeah. In hindsight, maybe we would have a little bit of a different conversation about, like, first big-time main event if they would have pulled the trigger. But, like, like see, you even forgot, like, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens was the main event on TakeOver Brooklyn 1, but people don't talk about that match. True. Yep. And uh, by the way, let it be known, not only did they have the main event, but they also had the main event in a ladder match, which also gets lost in that shuffle, which is crazy to yeah. me. But okay. All right. So Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. I can appreciate it. Rice Krispy, number three, please. What you got, my brother? I'm going to piggyback off uh, my buddy, my good brother Gerard there. Kind of I guess deciphering what he meant. And I do agree with that because there have, there were a lot of big matches that were built, but up until that point, it was people, I guess, reaching superstardom or breaking out, having that breakout performance. And I was there live for takeover Brooklyn ringside. Uh, And, and that I would say I agree with what Gerard was saying there. I think that was the first time that this wasn't anyone that were trying to prove themselves, that were being built as stars. It was actually the first time for NXT. You had two guys that were stars, uh, main event, uh, main event in NXT. But for me, number three is going to be, and this might be, I'm going to go with my singles match. So I'm going to go with my, my men's singles match here. Uh, this was probably one of the harder ones to come up with just because there's a lot of matches to consider, especially just one-on-one uh, singles matches. But I'm going to go with Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole at TakeOver 25. This is the one where Adam Cole wins the title. Um, and the reason why I'm picking it, I thought the match had a great pace, had a great length. And as compared to the two out of three falls match they had prior, I feel like the two out of three falls was a little overdone, had maybe one too many false finishes and, you know, 
This one was straightforward. Undisputed Era did not interfere at all. Adam Cole won the belt and proved that he could be a champion by himself. And it's what kicked off the Undisputed Era prophecy of dripping in gold. So I, I love that match. I adore that match. And as you know, you and I were just talking via Instagram before we went live. You were like, it's funny. Actually, no, you mentioned it right now on the pod saying you were rewatching that match last night as well. And when I, and, and I actually, I have the video on the Instagram page of me going absolutely berserk when Adam <laughs> Cole beats Johnny Gargano for the title. Cause it's the best thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing was for two years, I went telling myself the NXT TakeOver 25 match was better than NXT New York for, for several reasons, because the, the two out of three falls match is, is terrific. And um, it's like near 40 minutes. And the, the, the problem with two out of three falls is one, you know, one falls one and two don't matter as much. It's always fall three, but that's the that's the the outlook that I had on it, and I rewatched NXT Takeover 25 last night, and the story that they were trying to tell was good, but there were some facets of NXT Takeover 25's match compared to t- Takeover New York that I was like, it's kind of half-assing it a little bit. And what I mean by that is, in the in the match, Johnny Gargano is basically quote unquote afraid of the era coming out to beat him up like they did at New York. And so he keeps on having to look back towards the, the, towards the stage. And it's just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was just kind of a lame story that kind of took away from the fact that these two were going out to put on a beyond classic because their first match was such a classic that they were forced to outdo one another. And so I also think that I was personally blinded by the fact that because I am such an Adam Cole mark and I love Johnny Gargano getting his ass kicked because he does it better than anyone. Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, I think that I was clouded by the fact that because Cole won, I automatically felt that that was better than New York because I felt that Cole should have won in New York. So yeah, that's how I felt. But let me tell you something right now. NXT TakeOver 25 is such a beautiful match. It's so great. I, I might I as well wrap it up match. and just leave now. I'm, I'm over. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wrong. <laughs> nah, dude, not at all. Not at all. Um, by the way, that that's a real super kick party. It's, screw the Young Bucks. No, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole had a real super kick party at TakeOver 25. That's how I feel about that. Matt, Jenny, you guys said that your top three are simultaneously. So what is wrestling with respects number three? You want me to? I'll, I'll do three. You do two, or you want? I'm gonna Sorry, we're just the envelope. I'll yeah. say them, and then you can add you can add color to it. Okay, okay. All right, I'll, I'll tee it up. So our number three is Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship match in Philly. Yes, that was a match that was also on my list at some point. The no. closest thing to a perfect wrestling match that you will ever see in your lifetime. That and one was in my running too, by the way. Yeah, I am about yeah, <laughs> I am about stories, and we can go back through the history of NXT. And is there any better storytelling than the pursuit, the fire, the 
the plight of one Johnny Gargano over a two-year period, including this match here, and then what happens at the end of the match, you know? So, I mean, this is just, it's, it's part of that story arc that I just found fascinating. Like you said, you're an Adam Cole Mark, well, I'm a Johnny Mark. So, you know, this is the, you know, to me that, and then you, you move into the trio of matches with Ciampa, with him finally getting crowned champion, that's great storytelling. Um, I fully understand that. Um, I'm just going to be real with you right now. My number three is Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> we got to mark it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 but here's the thing, though. I, I just mentioned the fact that there's nothing better than seeing Johnny Gargano get his ass kicked. And I don't mean that as a slight towards Johnny Gargano. Um, I mean, oh, okay, kind of. But that's not <laughs> You do. I, I, a nice little bit. But, but let's be real. He's so good at selling he, he is. I, I, he's he's incredible. Like to me, the greatest seller of all time is Shawn Michaels, oh, followed yeah. closely. And and we mentioned this on the last pod that you guys were on, actually. Um, and followed very closely by Dolph Ziggler. But then yeah. that number three spot, I would have told you I would give it to AJ Styles. And then I remember Johnny Gargano almost dying in every big match he's in, <laughs> and and he takes such a beating. Like it's almost unnecessary. Yeah. But what I really love about the takeover Philly match is it, it, something that I think gets lost in the shuffle. Everybody looks at, oh, that was Johnny Gargano just going all out and stuff like that. But God damn it, Andrade Cien almost was perfect. Not near perfect. He was perfect as the antagonist in that match. He beat the snot out of Johnny Gargano in that match to the point that I watched NXT take over New Orleans. And I was like, I still think almost put in a, a bigger beating on him than Ciampa did. Like it was, it was gnarly and it wasn't even an, uh, it wasn't an extreme rules match or a no holds barred match or nothing of that. It wasn't unsanctioned. It was, that was a real regular wrestling match. Those driving the drive-in knees, if I'm not mistaken, Oh my God. Every single time I saw that, it made me wretch in my stomach. Cause I was like, yo, this dude is taking double knees to the face. Now, of course, you know, Andrade's purposely opening up his legs just a little bit. So it's not, he's not taking full knees to the face, but still he's sprinting towards this man. And Andrade Cien almost is not a small man compared to Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is like 199. Andrade's being built at like 215 and he's like coming in like a freight train. And you, by the way, so that's just the match. We, I haven't even mentioned the fact that Zelina is amazing. I was gonna Ring say, yes, yeah. you know, yeah. she she's just absolutely incredible. And then you add in the fact that you know Candace had just gotten signed and she was in the crowd, and then all of a sudden she runs after Zelina, yeah. and it's everything is just so terrific about this match. And to me, that match not only did it show, yeah, Johnny Gargano was like Johnny Takeover, like for sure, he's been Johnny Takeover for a minute, but it showed. Yo, Andrade has never been a joke, and Andrade should never ever be looked at as a joke ever again in his career. Mm-hmm. And I think that he'll 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 be taken more seriously now that he's he's moved on from from WWE. But 100%. like you said, you see that that relationship with with him and, and Zelina, yeah. and what Matt said about the storytelling arc. I mean, that we all so crave nowadays because it's so lacking nowadays. It was so. It was a treat to rewatch. It was a treat. It was yes. a treat. 
It really was. And just when you think he's at his lowest, he takes a crutch to the back. There, there was just so much. Us. There was so much stuff that great stories. Yeah. You could just yeah. do a Johnny Takeover episode. Exactly. We really like could. I much. feel like if we do a shot every time someone says Gargano, we might die. Considering <laughs> a drinking game, but I thought that it might be a little bit dangerous. So maybe just I every time be... Moro screams Gargano escape. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Moro, forget it. Just makes every match too. <laughs> that, that, oh, okay, thank you for bringing that. Up. Thank you for bringing up Mauro Ronaldo because yeah. it, it is funny that in every three, in all three of my matches, the person who called them was Mauro Ronaldo, which yeah. is not surprising because he, de- I don't want to, I, I want to be very careful with comparing him to JR because I, I think we, for the most part, we all can agree that JR is probably the best commentator in uh, American professional wrestling history. Would, would, would we all agree on that? I don't know. Sometimes I know Gerard thinks that he's kind of a perv. I fully respect that bro, <laughs> because he kind of is not going to lie. I know he's said a couple things about Anna J on AEW. He's from, a, from a different he's era. Pretty, but I that that's that just just look he's at the man's much, likes on Twitter. He's pretty much took Jeremy King Lawler's like gimmick from the attitude era. And he just made it like reality. It's just like a weird, like warped reality. We live in. We're like now JR is the perv now. It's just really weird to me. Probably because he's, you know, in TV 14 land and he can probably say whatever he wants, but you're right. Um, But Morrow is so good. And there's such a passion. Like you can hear the passion in his voice. It's what I I miss about Michael Cole, right? Because Michael Cole, like is very generic nowadays, but go back to the ruthless aggression era, go back to him and Taz being on SmackDown together. That was passion on behalf of Michael Cole. And like when, when people say Michael Cole sucks, it's like go watch him and Taz from like 03 to like 06 and then come back and talk to me because that's that's Michael Cole at his best. Yeah, and I don't think it's his fault that he sounds so robotic. He's Thank got a little, you. little friend in his ear telling him what to do, what to say, how to uh, speak, how to be. At least I don't have to hear him say big dog anymore. This is true. <laughs> now he says the tribal. It's team. boss time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually I, I didn't mind it when. There's a meme out dog. there. There's a meme out there, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that it's like Bart Simpson with the megaphone, and then he clears his throat, and then it's Michael Cole below him saying, "It's boss time." It's very funny. <laughs> or, or his favorite vintage insert wrestler name. Yes. Vintage Orton. Vintage Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, is man. good stuff. But all in all, I think that Takeover Philly, um, you know, between Gargano and 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 Andrade is it, it's it's amazing. It, it's yeah. it's probably it, oh, man. It's Andrade's best match beyond a shot of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And like I tried to be very careful with picking out my matches. I wanted to try and not include as much Johnny Gargano as possible. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, so, but at the same time, I look at this match and I was like, I can't not include Takeover Philly. So yeah. Takeover Philly for me. Takeover Philly for wrestling with respect. Gerard, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura, Brooklyn 2. Um, Crispy, um, rem- uh, I, which one was he, your match again? He really didn't like my pick. Uh, Gargano versus Cola, takeover 25. And I love that match. I do. I actually do love that match. Um, Get the shovel out after that one. <laughs> Golden shovel. Uh, I love you, Crispy. You're the man. And I do adore that match. Um, well, let's go with number two. 
now that I feel bad and I feel like an absolute utter dick, let's get let's give Crispy the floor once more. Crispy, you start us up. What do you have as your number two, and what do you love so much about it? So for this one, I'm going to go with my tag team choice, and it's going to be the tag team match that started all of this, and it's the pretty much the main driving story arc that carried the company for several years all the way to a tv deal so of course i'm going to go with authors of pain versus diy at takeover chicago and like i said this story carried from that point on in 2017 into 2020 and it it led to things like the andrade and and johnny gargano match because the ending was alina throwing a diy shirt at him and distracting him and to refresh people's history this match very early on uh chiampa tears his acl still goes through with the ending segment uh but that's why that's what makes me appreciate the storytelling more is that even though johnny went on to feud with andrade they still found a way to have Chiampa haunt him up until when Chiampa finally came back. So when you when when you talk about, I mean, first of all, I thought this match was I thought this match was great. Uh, it's one of the best tag matches, even considering the fact that Chiampa was on one bad wheel for the majority of it. Um, the match was still great. Uh, it's historical in the sense because it's the main story arc for several years up until when Cole and the Undisputed Era, you know, take all the titles. Um, and this is the point that I wanted to make with uh, my honorable mention. Gerard knew what show my honorable mention was. Uh, but a lot of people forget that Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne was on this show. If Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne happens on any other show, probably in a lot more people's top three, I would say. Uh, but I think WWE has a history of being able to create moments that create superstars as opposed to matches. I think matches and having that breakout performance makes you a great wrestler, but it's moments and it's those images that kind of get burned into our head that creates the superstar. And for this show, for this show, that moment is the betrayal at the end of the show. And then of course the air raid uh, crash through the, through the table off the stage. Um, Yeah. It's like, if, if that match happened on any other show besides this one, people would talk about it or remember it more, but the fact that it happened like in the mid part of the show and then this match was the main event is why I think people forget about Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. But yeah, I mean, thousand there's, percent. there's, there's no other, like, especially over the last three, four years. I mean, th- this is, this is the show or this, this is the match that kicks off the entire saga that carries the brand all the way up until the point where they got put on uh, TV. 1000% agree with you on that, Crispy. If you go back in the Double Turn archives, the last time that Rice, Crispy, and Gerard were actually with us on, on the Double Turn, we did a tag team special last summer um, where we talked, uh, we did a TDT's classic series. We we talked um, 
the women's elimination chamber tag team title match, which was won by Bailey and Sasha. And we talked um, the golden lovers versus the young bucks. And we talked um, uh, the authors of pain versus DIY in the latter match in Chicago. And uh, I think we can all say that we adore that match and crispy's right. Crispy, you nailed it because even though at the time when I was having the discussion with you, I chose to not look at the ending segment of Ciampa's betrayal on Gargano as part of the match. I had to go ahead and go back and think to myself, but wait, it's still part of the story, which then encompasses back into the match, which makes the whole moment be just gargantuan for lack of a better term. I think that's the second time we've used the word gargantuan on this podcast tonight, (laughs) which is terrific. Um, So I'm fully with you on that. I I hear you completely. And I think that you're absolutely correct when you state the fact that the feud that is Gargano and Champa, whether people like it or not, and I think a lot more people like it than not, um, it carried NXT television in a way that probably hadn't been seen since perhaps... I want to be really careful with how I say this, but perhaps Cena and Edge. That, that's, how, that's how heavy, to me, Gargano and Champa was in a good way. That it was that strong that even though they were months, months apart from their actual eventual match. Because again, you stated, the, I mean, and here's the other thing. The fact that, the fact that Tommaso Ciampa wrestled half that match with the torn ACL in a ladder match Jeez. is psychotic. That's psychotic. He shouldn't have been able to walk and just, I mean, the dude is ripped me to the gills. I mean, I just posted a picture of him on our Instagram page yesterday and he's on this new workout plan and he's beyond chiseled. It's, it's scary. Actually. I'm like, it's disgusting, but awesome at the same time. Like he gives a brand new meeting to dad bod. Um, <laughs> quite jealous to be honest with you. Um, so I, I, I thousand percent see where you're coming from on that. And you're right. Um, it, that is not only one of the greatest tag team matches, not just in NXT history, but perhaps of the last 20 years. Um, but it's also one of the best just overall matches, regardless of whatever gimmick it was that we've seen probably the last decade. Um, and damn sure deserves its place probably as your number two, um, as best takeover NXT takeover matches ever. So I'm, I hear you on that. And I love the pick. Do you have any additional thoughts as I completely rudely interrupted everything and hijacked your segment? No, no, no. That was it. Uh, you pretty much, yeah. Uh, you pretty much said everything that was on my mind when it comes to that match. And like I said before, uh, it, it's the moments. Uh, you look at you look at some of the biggest moments in WWE history, right? Like uh, Jeff Hardy getting speared by Edge in midair. Nobody yes. remembers that match, but they for sure remember that moment. So it's like. It's it's the moments that they create that help create and and put these guys to that superstardom right. level. The the word that we're looking for is iconic. That's the word that we're looking for. Iconic. Iconic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> uh, because that 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 is what it is. Um, and uh, okay, I see the nod, the head nod. I'm just gonna say this right now. WWE, screw you for letting go of the Iconics, even though they're probably better off, but screw you for ruining that tag team. Screw you for doing what you did to Mickey James. Screw you for thinking that is a good idea to bring in 
Eva Marie, even though she's cool. Like I got no oh quarrels with this Eva is a Marie. whole this is a whole episode, yeah, I dude. Oh, I know. This is a I whole know. episode. I know. Don't just, even get us started. I, I saw I saw Matt's Cobra Kai eyes go ahead and go aflame. And I was like, I'm gonna jump in there for him. He needs th- somebody to say it because I know he's feeling it, and I know that Jenny mm-hmm. was feeling it. So right now, just need to say that WWE, you're a bunch of dicks. You That's are a guess. bag of dicks. You are a bag now, of now dicks. Now let's finish our WWE themed podcast. All right. So let's go ahead and take it on over to Gerard. Um, Gerard, your, your, your boy Crispy just hit us with a beautiful tag team match. What do you have as your number two, my friend? So the reason why I knew that Tyler Bate wrestled Pete Dunn at TakeOver Chicago was because I was watching Tyler Bate matches for this pick. And I'm going with TakeOver Cardiff, Walter versus Tyler Bate. To me, after watching all these matches, I would arguably say this is the best in-ring match to me in TakeOver history. And on top of that, I would say if Tyler Bate was like four inches taller, he would be the biggest star in WWE right now. I can see that point. I'm a bigger Pete Dunne fan, but elaborate, please. Pete Dunn's great. Like, he's a great, like, in-ring technician. He's phenomenal what he does. But there's just something when you watch Tyler Bate as a babyface that you just connect to. And when you put him with the behemoth, the modern-day Bruno San Martino, essentially, of WWE, and Walter, you know, this absolute monster of a, of a man that's chopping the crap out of a 5'7", 175-pound guy, repeatedly for 42 minutes and 12 seconds, mind you, because that's how long this match went. I pulled up the match time on cagematch.net. And I'm just like, wow. And this match, like, you know, the thoughts is like, oh, he's just going to run over him. No, Tyler Bate, like, picks him up for the Tyler driver, and he's, like, powerbombing Walter, and he's matching Walter's intensity throughout. And, like, by the end of the match, you're like, damn, could this kid just get the win? Like, and this is why, like, when Matt brought up Walter, like being the one who beat who who beat Roman, it's perfectly logical because Walter's the biggest threat out of anybody on the roster by a large margin at this point. Even if you want to speak in a kayfabe sense, and he's has all the records for title runs right now in modern WWE history. Hundred percent. So you got that, and then some of the apron power bombs he did to Tyler Bate, he hit him with the apron power bomb, and then onto the ring post. Oh, man, I know his back was hurting after that. But, like I said, this is something special about Tyler Bate, and I feel like he's very criminally underrated overall in the roster. Like, you mentioned Pete Dunne. There's no one who's going to say Pete Dunne's underrated at this point. We are, yes. Everyone speaks on his greatness, right? We all know how damn great Walter is. And this is arguably probably TakeOver UK's, like, hello, we're here type of moment was this TakeOver match because this is – this is what everyone was talking about after the fact. And I, I don't know. I think Meltzer probably gave it five stars. I don't know if me and Rice Krispie reviewed it, but in hindsight, I would have given this five broken tables because it was an absolutely violent encounter. Right. So how old is Tyler Bate? Remind me. Let me just pull it up. On, on I'm the... pretty sure that him and Pete Dunn are under 20. He's a lot younger than me and He's doing tr- better things with his life. <laughs> I did, you, you, you're speaking for us both, brother. <laughs> He's 24 years old, by the way. He's 24, 24 years old, man. So I so had like, hair when I was 24. <laughs> yeah. 
And this was in 2019, this match, by the way. Yeah. So he was 22 years old. So, so that, which brings me to my counter. point. Which brings me to my point, because that that match is terrific that you just mentioned, right? And then, uh, you know, we, we mentioned on behalf of Ross that he picked Pete Dunne and Walter um, at TakeOver New York, because that match is also a banger. So Pete Dunne, I think, is just a couple of years older than Tyler Bate, but not by much. They're they're pretty close in age. So he's like yeah, mid, right mid early twenties. Can you imagine how good Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn are about to be in the next ten years? Like, just well, see how good they are right now. It's it's quite scary, actually. If if Tyler Bate gets the chance to be that good, because I don't watch the UK show, but it doesn't feel like they're doing anything of significance with them, and that's why, like, when I watched this match back, yeah, this was the crowning moment for. NX UK. That's why, in a historical sense, this is the biggest main event they've had to date. I you know, we didn't that. get to see we didn't get to see Walter Balor that was supposed to happen due to COVID. So, like, if they would have did that, I would have had Walter Balor, regardless right. of how great the match was, just off that premise. But this was the biggest match they've had to date, and like ever since then, like, what's Tyler Bate doing? Like, it's like a ripple. It went a little baby ripple, and then it disappeared. Yeah. It, it, you're right because. You, as good as mustache mountain was, you know, Tyler Bate and Trent seven. Um, I don't like what, you know, Gerard, you know what, I, something that I appreciate about through the table is you, you always talk about moving the needle. You, and I, and I've seen you talk about that on, a, on countless occasions. And Matt has also mentioned the words moving the needle um, in regards to some of the women in, uh, um, on the roster in particular. I think he's mentioned it when it comes to Charlotte, sometimes uh, needle mover, you know, I think that, Gerard, every time you talk about Roman, you talk about him being a needle mover. Do you view Walter as a needle mover going forward for not just UK, but now as he starts to transition more back into regular NXT now that COVID restrictions are starting to ease up uh, overseas? I mean, let's let's be honest. He shouldn't even be on NXT at all at all. He, he needs to be, to be on the main roster, yes. He needs to be having big programs with McIntyre, you know, with Roman Reigns. Like, he's a big money player in the smallest pond in the company. This is like if you get a 20-gallon fish tank and then you have a 20-inch a catfish in the tank. You put Shamu in that fish tank, yes. Yeah. Like, that's where Walter is there. And that's where when he's having these, like, epic encounters – you know, he's having good matches on TakeOver, but the, the ones he's had in the UK have been better than the ones he's had on TakeOver, especially, you know, even with the Chiampa match. The Chiampa match, to me, was not sniffing this match even close. Right. And it's like, what what else is there for Walter to do? Because he's already conquered the UK. And, like... He's going to be crossed for the NXT Championship. That's what he's going to do. That's a, that, that's <laughs> a big... That, that's that's a needle mover match. Happen. If you yeah. do something like that, that would be a needle mover. And Walter right now, Outside of Roman, to me, on in all of WWE's product, he's the most like intriguing wrestler. Like when he's on, he draws your appeal. That's why I kind of call him the modern day Bruno San Martino. Right. They're not obviously like the same like stature or anything, but he's just someone unique that when you see him, you're like, oh okay. And then when you look back at his old pictures from like the Indies in Japan, and he was dressed up like a jelly bean, it's just really hilarious to see his it transition is. into the. <laughs> Because I've seen the pictures of him with the blonde highlight, or not the blonde highlights, but just the bleach blonde hair. And it's actually quite hysterical. And I'm just like, this dude is the biggest killer in NXT. And that's what he <laughs> used to dress up as 10 years ago. I'm like, what a gangster. It's great. It's just, it's, it's a remarkable transformation. Um, when I think of Walter, 
you know, I do think of NXT TakeOver New York, but then I, un- I understand you look at the NXT TakeOver UK matches that he has had. It's like he's given even more freedom. And my- mind you, it's not like he wasn't given a lot of freedom with Pete Dunne in New York. Like and the crowd gets him. The crowd minutes. gets him in the UK too. I think that's something yeah. I forgot to start. Excuse me, but that's something that also the, the United Kingdom crowd understands Walter and they yeah. understand Tyler Breed. The American crowd, now they might not get Walter as much now. Right. If he showed up, but now it's like a big difference. If you watch those reactions to that match, it was electric and it wasn't a massive, like it wasn't Wembley or any of these big venues. It was a small, like concert hall in, the, in, in yeah. Cardiff. It was like, it was like 2000 people inside of it. It was like, it was their rendition of what the Hammerstein ballroom is in New York city, which I know is you that- guys in particular are very familiar with. And even Matt, cause Matt, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you're, you're a New Yorker as well, right? No, Jersey. Jersey. Jersey up in the building. Yeah. We got some Rangers fans in the in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just get that out there right now. Oh yeah, you want to talk about some blood? And <laughs> oh, man. oh man, don't get us. Don't get us started. Some right now. That, I had to bring to that up. I had to bring that up really real quickly because I know that you guys were were, were not chirping because you guys are actually on the same team. You guys are on the same squad, but you guys were very much you know talking uh, smack about what happened, I guess, last night, uh, which would have been Wednesday uh, with the Washington Capitals, which is very funny to watch uh, you guys uh, talk about it. It's, it's, it's great to see your additional passion in other All things besides. Fuck Tom Wilson. <laughs> Give me Walter versus Tom Wilson, please. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Gerard, <laughs> you've given us Bate versus Walter in NXT, you know, at one of the NXT UK um Cardiff. Said Cardiff, Take right? Cardiff. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure I got that right. That's awesome. Great match. Go check out the library of that is of Tyler Bate. Go check out the library of that that is of Walter. I mean, Walter is just terrific. And what they did to him um, at uh, at Survivor Series in 2019. Gerard, do you remember this? Because you were on the show with me and Ross. We talked about the fact that <laughs> Walter was the first person eliminated in that match. And yeah, McIntyre um, annihilated him. Which in hindsight, like now I want now if you want if you put them to in a main event, that's the story right that there. Is the I match. ran over you. Yes. And all of a sudden you just see Walter chopping the soul out of that man. But um that being said, I I, I shoot it over to my friend Matthew, represent wrestling with respect. What you got as your number two, buddy? So for number two, we have the game changer, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at takeover Brooklyn one. From 2015. I mean, what more can I say about this than I already said on the last time we were on? But um, the one that changed everything. So, I mean, it's, you know, I I can second what you said earlier that the in-ring work might not be on par with everything that else that we're talking about. That's fine. I get it. But importance, like you said, maybe no more important match than this match. Um you know, until recently, obviously, until Bruce Pritchard got his grubby mitts on this division. But uh, that's another that's another whole other episode. But um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. And I couldn't put it number one, but it's number two for us. I, I mean, number two is still very high praise. Number four is high yeah. praise. And I think that most of us on this panel can agree that that's probably the greatest women's match in the last two decades. That's how far back you have to go. And then 
I speak for you guys when I say that, but when people ask me what the greatest women's match of all time, it's Sasha versus Bailey every single time. Like that is the greatest women's match of all time, regardless of what company you're in. Um, I understand that there's a lot of, you know, great women's wrestling outside of world wrestling entertainment, especially in particular that time frame. But again, without that match, you don't get all the other great things that happen in women's wrestling, not just in WWE, but just all over the world. You know, that was, you, you, you know, Gerard talked about ripple effects, about the small ripples that Tyler Bate puts out and whatnot because of how, of how he's booked, not because of who he is. But you, then you look at Sasha and Bailey, it's the complete opposite. That did have ripple effects that to this day still felt um, in a good way, in the right way, because you look at that match and you, and you say to yourself, that's how a women's wrestling match is supposed yeah. to be booked. And I'll repeat what I said too, is that if you are... Uh, trying to introduce a non-wrestling fan who might not understand the passion and you have to say, you know, show me one match. I'm putting that match on for them. thousand percent. So they get it. hundred percent on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too, too much of a banger and just it, it's too important. And by the way, the special thing about Sasha Banks and her title run, like that title run was special. That NXT women's title run was extraordinary. Um, and by the way, so so was Bailey's following that. Um, it was very strong. Um, and even Charlotte's prior to that, her first NXT title, NXT women's title ring was very strong. It was very important for what was going on. But you look at the matches that occurred in 2015 in the women's division. You know, you have Sasha Bailey in Brooklyn. You've got the rematch at Respect, which is really great. It's, it, you know, that 30-minute iron. It's not every day that you see a 30-minute Iron Women match. It's not. And they, they nope. knocked it out of the park. Um, I've talked about on numerous occasions with you guys. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of the Becky versus Sasha match that happened at TakeOver Unstoppable. Um, and the Fatal 4-Way match between those four leaders that, that happened in 2015 as well. 2015 is the catalyst of what ended up becoming now the women's evolution. And it's all in part because of Sasha and Bayley in Brooklyn. And because of all the other matches that I also mentioned. Um, and I mean, look, look at, look at the women's division in NXT now. It's yeah. one of the best, if not the best. In- it is the best. There is no question about it. It is the best. Yes. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And it, I love watching these women every week. They're just, they're, they're crushing it. And then Sasha and Bailey was absolutely the, the catalyst for it. I, I love that match. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, so my number two, um, I'm surprised nobody's really mentioned this match. I rewatched it earlier today and I was so giddy watching it. I was like, oh man, this match is a fucking banger. <laughs> Excuse my language. Ross is going to hate me for that. But I, oh, no. I you, you, you know that you get your, you're, <laughs> you get amped up if you drop the F-bomb on a podcast. Would you say that right now? Everyone is allowed one F tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, me and Matt used ours up the Sorry. first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two, is, and you guys, if you guys want to crap on me for having this, that's fine. But it is a multi-man match. I'm going with the North American ladder match from NXT TakeOver New Orleans, dude. Because that great match is so good. And it's just so great. And there's just so many cool things. I don't even know where to begin. I, 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 can, I can tell you this. You know who the megastars, not the megastars, but you know who became megastars in the middle of the, watching that match. Like, Ricochet stole the show. Let's oh, be real. Yeah, it wasn't right? easy. He, he, he's, he's incredible. 
Um, Ricochet. God bless. God bless you, Ricochet. We can't wait for somebody to go. Can't wait to see you in AEW when your contract expires. Yeah, either that (laughs) or somebody just figure it out because the man is remarkable. But wearing out his locker seat. Yeah. Well, MLW is starting Azteca Underground, which is like a spiritual successor to Lucha Underground. So. Oh yeah, I did see that. That's and Dario Cueto is coming back. We, we, yes, I like where your head's at. So Ricochet, just remarkable in this match. And then you look at everybody else involved. And when you look at this match, when you actually force yourself to say that the least quote-unquote important match, important person in this match is Velveteen Dream. And by the way, it's not like Dream didn't show up for this match. Dream killed it in this yeah. match. And he's still the least important person in the match, to me at least, right? Because I'll, I'll tell you this right now. The person who needs to get a lot of praise on, out of this match is EC3. Because EC, okay, so I've gone on record stating that the Love best you. ladder match I've ever seen in my entire life, and people hate me for this because they hate the ending. And guess what? I don't care. It's the Money in the Bank men's match from 2019 because that's a freaking car wreck. It's, it's a car wreck happening in front of you on the television set, and it's, it's amazing. I adore that match. I think that the NXT TakeOver match from New Orleans, the ladder match, I think just eclipsed it for me yesterday or earlier today when I was watching it. That's how great this match is because I mentioned that Finn Balor, tried, he died like four times in that Money in the Bank match. <laughs> um, EC3 died about three times, but his deaths were, were much more brutal fatalities. The right. fact that he took a, ba- a Vader bomb underneath the ladder from Killian Dane with Adam Cole on his back and he survived, I don't know how that happens. And then he takes, a, I forget um, Lars Sullivan's move. If I'm not, uh, it's, um, oh my God, now I'm uh, freak. Freak something freak accident. Freak it's accident. Okay. Thank it's you. been a while since he's been yeah. on TV. So. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. This is very true. Um, that freak accident that he delivers again, EC3 on the ladder, just laying there, like I'm about to die for a second time in this match. <laughs> it's <laughs> Let's amazing. <do> it. <laughs> it's uh, EC3 killed it. He took so many massive bumps. And then Adam Cole is uh, obviously terrific. But to me, the person that I thought stole the show in this six man ladder match was Killian Dane. Like Killian Dane is just like killing everything he sees around him. Just like, that's a car accident. And by the way, please watch the money in the bank men's ladder match from 2019, which is won by Brock Lesnar. Watch that match because even though Brock wins it in the last 45 seconds is utter trash, the first 18 minutes and 15 seconds of that 19 plus minute match is extraordinary. But this match, just a smidge above it, a smidge. And I can't believe I'm saying that. But, okay, first of all, the fact that this was the second five-star match Meltzer gave NXT in a two-month time span speaks for itself. Mind you, Lars Sullivan has more five-star matches than Brian Danielson. Does he? He does. Yeah. Brian Daniel, and Brian's never had one yet. That just shows you where the five-star system is at times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Screw Drake Meltzer. I move on with my life. Let me just plug that. That's why the, the broken table. What did he give the right? match with AJ on? What did he give the match with? 4.5. So he 4. gave. 5? 
Yeah. He gave AJ and Roman at Extreme Rules 4.75. And he gave AJ and Cena at SummerSlam and at the Rumble 4.75. Oh or excuse God. me, he gave them at the Rumble 4.75. He gave Cena and, and AJ. Hey, it's at Tokyo Dome. It's at Tokyo Dome curve. If, if, it was, if it was in the dome. Yeah, if it's in the Tokyo Dome, it's six, yeah. six stars. Yeah. You, you get a get plus that, 25. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is, Lars, is Lars Sullivan still signed with WWE? No, he was released. I think he got yeah, released. Yeah. He, yeah. He's gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you but also that him. match to any detractors who doesn't think, who don't think it's a good idea to have a monster heel in a ladder match, that is Exhibit A right there. Exhibit A is right there. Exhibit yes. B, Barry Corbin in that 2019 too. match, too. Yeah. yeah. It, it's. Dude, I I love that match. I I adore that match. It's so great, and I know people love Ciampa versus Gargano in the main event. I'm sorry, this match is better. It's it is, man. It's like the fact that this match opened the show. It opened the show. You got to open with the car crash. You have you got to open with the car crash. With the bro, car this could have been the main event. Over. It would have been killer. Like this would. I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong. Like Gargano Ciampa needed the main event. Like there's no. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, but that NXT TakeOver North American Championship ladder match is something else. Um, and you just, the crowd was going nuts in New Orleans, as they should have. And again, it's back to Morrow being Morrow and being absolutely incredible with his call. And um, yeah, this match is awesome. Go watch it. Adam Cole is Adam Cole Bebe and just... Ricochet and EC3 and Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan and Velveteen Dream. I mean, shout out to Velveteen Dream. Like, he hits a freaking Death Valley driver on the ladder. Like, what a G. Again, goes back to like, you, you talk about the bumps that freaking EC3 took. Ricochet took some nasty bumps in this ladder match, too. It's pretty insane. Um, and not to mention, like, Adam Cole has a super kick party in the middle of the ring. It's Ricochet's another one who's uh, so so good at selling when he's uh when he's been hit. He's awesome. He'll flail around like a like fish. <laughs> He'll make the faces. He's awesome. He, he's a good one. He's a special dude. It, it, yeah. The funny thing is, it's a, okay if you've never. I've been sold on Ricochet for a long time, but if you yeah. weren't sold ever on Ricochet, just watch him take a Styles clash from the second rope against mm-hmm. AJ Styles. Yeah. And then comes Octomy because he shouldn't have been taking that move. Nobody should be taking that move. <laughs> yeah, no business Nobody. taking that move. <laughs> Nobody's got any business taking a move of that of that magnitude from the second rope. By the way, I, I'm pretty sure it was like a transition into the Styles Clash from the second rope. It wasn't just I'm gonna drop you with Styles Clash. Uh, Ricochet is amazing. I love Ricochet. Do we yeah. all love Ricochet? Can we say I on loving Ricochet? I. I. Okay. Hey. Nay. Oh, Christy. Christy. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be that. Guy. I, that's, why, that's why I've been super quiet about the Rick. I like him <laughs> as a performer, but this is, I don't know. I get it. Um, to be fair, I, I, I've, and, and Gerard can back me up on this because I, I, he schooled me in a good way. I said that nobody was crazier than Ricochet. And then freaking Gerard over here shows me all kinds of crazy ass videos of Kota Ibushi in Japan being nuts. And I was like, oh, what have I been missing out on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one is crazier than Ricochet. Have you never heard of a man called New Jack? Okay. That's different. All right. Though. Everybody that's has to crazy. praise. 
everybody has to praise New Jack on the podcast because he does listen. I don't want heat with New Jack. He does follow through the table. Oh, shout that. out to New Jack, bro. I I don't want to die. I'm cool oh, with that. No stabby steps. No stabby steps for me today. All right, so guys, we we dwindled it down to three. Um, we've reached our number one. I'm I'm very 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 excited to hear everybody's number one. Um, it seems like all of our number ones are mostly going to be pretty, not pretty different. I think that we're all going to be somewhere in the right trajectory, perhaps. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to everybody's number one. So I'm going to go ahead and now let Matt and Jenny hit us with their number one first, since we've kind of gone around the table, around the horn. Um, no pressure. Go for it. Are you ready? Go ahead. Is there a drum roll sound effect we can uh, yes, hang on. <laughs> you have one of the little Oscars envelopes that you can you gotta put one in together. Post, though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. our number one is Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Two out of three falls match for the NXT championship. Yes. Make over New York, baby. And I love it for all the reasons that Chris doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. We love those near falls. Whole crowd, everyone's standing up. Nobody sitting. I get, I get the sentiment, but at at no point during that match was was I ever like, "This is too much." (laughs) I was like, "I want more. Please go another fifteen minutes." Yeah. Yes. Uh, It's the culmination of that of that story arc that Johnny finally wins the title, although. I could also see, you know, Jorge's point of view saying, you know, maybe Adam should have won the title, but you know, you don't, maybe you don't get your takeover 25 match. And Candace runs down, gives him a big squeeze at the end. Yeah. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I liked it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I mean, that, that match, yeah. is- but that, that's it. That, that, that match. Those, is- those matches that are keep you at the edge of your seat and then you're standing up and then you're somehow like out of your body watching this match. Those are the best ones. So it was um was that the match where Chiampa comes now. back out, out in the net cast and hugs yes. him too? Yes, yes, yes. and hugs they, him. He, yes. They hug it out at the end of the match. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But you know you're you, you know Yui's getting involved at some point. You're just waiting for it. Yeah. I thought it was done very well with the ref bump and th- th- I mean those guys, uh like the three stooges out there, but it's just so entertaining, you know. And then Johnny kicks all their asses and that, that tornado DDT off the apron when he kicks Bobby fish midair. And then, you know, it's just everything. And you got the moral, the moral factor as well. I mean, geez, I mean, it's a perfect, it's great. It's it's great theater. It's just great theater with two guys that are on top of the world in this, in this business. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was one of the best New York crowds I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, Hmm. I mean that crowd. That that crowd. I mean, was, New York's always hot, but I mean that was different. That was a different level. Yeah. They were different that night for sure. Yeah. So take over New York. Two out of three falls. Uh, Gerard, number two, or excuse me, number one. What do you got, bro? Oh, you know, Matt mentioned, you know, Sasha Bailey, Brooklyn one. I'm gonna go with the forgotten takeover, the follow up at Takeover Respect, which was at Full Sail, the Iron Woman match between Sasha Banks and Bailey, wow. and. It's staying on the – I did have Sasha and Bailey number one here. before. I, this is before I jumped on my whole – let's make it a historical sense of, of, the, of what I'm trying to do. This was the first takeover main evented by women. True that. And it's, it's kind of lost in the shuffle because those full-sale takeovers, that's when they started moving to the bigger venues. 
So it got lost. It gets lost in the shuffle. And as I was reviewing the arrival, because I was in my notes, I did have takeover Brooklyn one. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, I got to watch the follow up to it now. Cause if I watch that, you have to watch the follow up. And that match was, I was more on the edge of my seat watching the iron woman match. than I was the takeover match. And I was there live for takeover. And that's still one of my top, five favorite matches I've ever seen. And that's including like new Japan stuff and everything. That first one was amazing. This one wasn't as good quality wise in the ring, but the, the drama where it's like, it's two, two and there's like 30 seconds left on the clock. It's intensive. And as a sports fan, it is, it's just like you're waiting for the buzzer beater and Bailey had the buzzer beater with three seconds left with a scissored arm bar. She, put her in like a cross on breaker and that was it. Yeah. It was a weird finish, but to me, in a historical sense, you know, the women's revolution started on NXT and takeover Brooklyn was the first salvo in the war to really give the women an equal chance and be on equal footing as the men are on the roster and takeover respect proved that they could hang on the main event level. And then, from here on, they went on a on a, a wild run with Bailey after this. You yeah, know, she sure. had great matches with Asuka. And, you know, that rivalry is very special, too. But this was important. The first women's main event and takeover. And I think there's only been one other one since then. And that was the Charlotte Ripley Io Shirai one, I think. And obviously Raquel Gonzalez main event in one of the nights to take over to this this year, oh my gosh, such a good match. Yeah, that, uh, I, I, that I, my list. <laughs> I, I had the two EO matches too because she's a special talent. She's probably, arguably, might be the best wrestler in the world, regardless yeah. of gender, too. Because she's just really good. But I had to put a Sasha Bailey match, and I knew someone was going to bring up the Brooklyn match. I'm like, let me get a little creative and have a little something different because I'll just be stealing someone else's points because if yeah. I'm putting that number one, it's probably going to get brought up before that. But that's my takeover respect, Sasha Bailey, Iron Woman match. Let me tell you something about takeover respect really quickly. I want to chime in because I think you, you said that it was a weird ending. I actually don't think it was that weird of an ending at all. I love the fact that Bailey made Sasha tap out because it, it was like there it was do or die at that point. It was like you either go to overtime and you've already been wrestling for 30 minutes or this is it. Like it's game over right now and i love that call like because i think sasha tapped out like with like a second left or three seconds with, left. With three seconds yeah. left i mean it's it's awesome and to see and, bailey and that's to, sasha's calling card because yes the bank statement so exactly like everyone expected sasha to pull something out and sasha tortured um that the young fan in that match too i remember early on in the match like i think that's when she ripped oh off yeah that is the birth sasha of, such a good healer what, what's her name because she's training to be a wrestler now she's training now wow yeah her name I'm is freaking uh, old man izzy. wow izzy yeah got, that, that, that was izzy. the start yeah, of izzy training because that's that's the match where izzy cries and yeah. now she's trying to be a wrestler wow i'm old great it's it, it's pretty amazing wow. um that match is a banger um, and you're right on that, because if you're going to talk about importance in the game, you know, especially when you talk Bailey and Sasha, um, I mean, th- the fact that their their match at Brooklyn was a precursor to them main eventing a takeover two months later. And they like, had to follow it up. They had to follow, they had to follow up that classic. Yeah, it's insane. And even though it doesn't quite live up to the first one, it's still quite amazing and it's funny because when when crispy originally threw out the idea that he wanted to do one women's match a singles match and a tag team match i was like if i do it that way 
I don't think I'm going to be able to pick Bailey versus Sasha in, in Brooklyn, not because I don't love it. I actually do, but I know that we all know that cumulatively it is the best women's match of all time, really. And I was like, what could I think of my, think to myself of even being even on the same level, perhaps as Bailey versus Sasha. And I went back through my, through my memory banks and whatnot. And I was like, well, what's better? What, what could be great? That's not Sasha and Bailey or Becky and Charlotte. And you know what I thought to myself, and this isn't on my list, but it was just a match that kept on coming up. And I kept going back to NXT takeover New York and NXT takeover 25. And it was the fatal four way between Shayna, Bianca, Io and Kyrie, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And then the one-on-one match between Shayna and Io at takeover 25, which is amazing yeah. Um, yeah. but you don't get those two matches that i'm talking about without the two matches that we've discussed on this podcast community this evening um remember shana baszler i mean shana baszler is the g dude she's yeah, g. remember and, that one yeah yeah that remember when shana baszler used to actually be really really good and now yeah. she's just i mean by the way excuse me she's still really good if she listens to this podcast ever she could probably put me in the Kira Kira Fuda clutch, yeah. and I'd die. Shayna <laughs> Baszler is badass. I, I just don't like where her character is right now. Teaming up with she's with Nia Jax, for, uh, she should Dana be beating. No. She should be beating Nia Jax's ass. Not she should. Side and side I and I want to see the Nia Jax match too. Like I kind of do really, too. They're both really. Yeah, but stiff. Nia Jax will injure her because Nia Jax is extremely <laughs> careless in the ring. Oh no, she's careless. She's super careless. But like, like Shayna Baszler, if she gets stiffer, Shayna Baszler gonna like snap her arm in half. Yeah, I was gonna say if there's anybody that can actually hang with the stiffness that is Nia Jax, yeah. it's probably That's Shayna Baszler. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. Um, like th- there's yeah, like ba- three Baszler will be like, yeah, try that Bailey punch shit on the end. It's, ex- exactly. Try landing with your massive thigh on my chest. See what happens the next time you try and lose, use your leg. You're not going to be able to go ahead and walk on, on your own two feet. And by the way, that whole tag team thing, the fact that Reginald is getting more over than Shayna is right now is actually quite upsetting to me. Um, oh. I mean, who was I having this conversation with the other day? Um, uh, Ultra Heels. I was like, the fact that Carmella got pushed to the side for then Reginald to be thrown in and actually getting massive television time. And by the way, no disrespect to Reginald. Like the dude is really talented. Let's, I, I'm just going to f- say that out there right now, but it, the point of him was to get Carmella over. They could have paired them with Carmella though. If you really wanted to make it work, you could have gave Carmella the muscle of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. That's actually brilliant. That- and yeah. I think if you're going to, like, do something like that, but, like, it's just odd. And it's just all about the stagnant booking of the women, especially the women in the tag team division. It's, like, mm-hmm. the same four or five teams rotating. And and the four, having four or five teams is a lot of teams. But when you're rotating them and it's the same repetitive thing, it doesn't work. It's, it's very stagnant. I agree. I agree. So I like that like, pick, man. Take over respect. Bailey and Sasha part two. That's a good one. That's a, that's an interesting one. I I, I can appreciate it. And I love it. Uh, like that sleeper pick there. Well, it is a sleeper like, pick, yeah. but it's a, it, it, the significance gets lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. and I can appreciate Gerard bringing it back to that. And so thank you for that, Gerard, Mr. Rice Krispie. What you got as your number one, my dude, I'm looking forward to this. Cause you're, you're, you're three and two were really freaking strong. You gotta, you gotta blow me away here, sir. Well, I don't think it comes as to any surprise to anyone at this point True. because the last match I left as my number one is my women's match. Of course. And I think this is 
the de facto best match in history because it was your honorable mention. Yeah. It's Matt and Jenny's number two. Yeah. Gerard didn't pick, pick it because he wanted to be different. But it's still the same it, people. Right. Sasha yeah. Bailey at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn won. There's no – when it comes to historical importance for women, I don't care what anyone says, that was the main event because the only two things I remember from this TakeOver is Sasha Bailey and the fact that Jushin Thunder Liger wrestled for WWE. I don't remember at all that Finn and Kevin Owens had a lot of that after this. This show ends for me after this match. And now Sasha's um, arguably the second biggest star in wrestling now. Like, argue, maybe arguably the biggest star in wrestling because she's on The Mandalorian and she has a Star yeah. Wars action figure. So, like, right. this is crazy in hindsight. Like, when you look back on it, the importance is even greater now than it was then when you see where both of their careers went after the fact. And, and you know, this was a, this was a culmination of a lot of things. Uh you mentioned the fatal four-way between the four horsewomen. This story was building from even from way back then. Um, and, you know, this was a match of two women that had a lot to prove. They had a lot to prove to themselves. They had a lot to prove to the company. And they had a lot to prove to the fan base. And mm-hmm. it showed that women's wrestling absolutely 100% belongs. Uh, women's wrestling can and should main event shows and it and you can still have success. People will buy into it. People will sit down and watch and enjoy women's wrestling. And when it comes to historical importance for me, and I've probably mentioned this before, either on our show or on past TDTs, this match to me is for NXT what the Ultimate Fighter one season finale for Griffin versus Stefan Bonner was for the UFC. It is the most important match. And there, there's an explosion and in popularity. And UFC is what it is today because of Stefan Bonner versus Forrest Griffin. NXT is what it is. And women's wrestling is what it is today because of Sasha Bailey NXT. That's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. And to be fair, I think you make excellent points on everything you just said in regards to technically, you know, Sasha and Bailey is the best NXT match of all time because of it being my honorable mention, it being Matt and Jenny's number two. Gerard, even though he didn't pick the direct match, he picked the sequel because he wanted to be different because he knew everybody was going to pick that match. And to be fair, it's the same reason why, like, you know, it's the same reason why I like Lethal Weapon 2 more than I like Lethal Weapon 1. You know what I'm saying? It's it, I get that, you know, it, but it all starts at one point. It, there's there's always this catalyst. And, you know, Gerard, you mentioned that to you, Sasha's perhaps the biggest, re- the, the biggest name in wrestling right now because of the fact that what she's doing, her title reign, her incredible main event, which, by the way, this is the first time that the five of us have been on the same podcast and – I know that, you know, in particular me, Jenny and Matt, we had a lot of great things to say about Sasha versus Bianca. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I said it on the pod in the WrestleMania review, but um, Jenny, Matt, I admit to you, I will admit it on 
frequency on the air, I was wrong about Bianca <laughs> Belair. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was wrong. You're um, speaking to my good ear. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Not only was I wrong about Bianca, um, I also was able to like recalibrate my thought process in regards to what is Sasha. And my beef was Sasha had not won a match at WrestleMania, but because she created such a massive moment on top of the other massive moment at WrestleMania for her, which is WrestleMania 32, I am able to step back and not worry about the fact that she doesn't have a winning record or even a win at all. And just appreciate the greatness that she has been able to display in her now fourth or fifth WrestleMania match. And because of that, I am able to sleep better at night when it comes to Sasha Banks's career. I mean, she'll, she'll have a lot more Mania matches. This yeah. is true. I, mean, still I would like for her to win one at some point. It'd be really great. She will, but she, she's that type of talent where she just elevates whoever she's going to, to the, whoever she's going against to the next level. Yes. I, I feel like she, she doesn't even need to, to win have a, at a WrestleMania moment because she's just, she, she's incredible in her own, in her own way. I mean, did you guys see the photo of her when Bia- when Bianca Belair won? Yes. Sasha was just looking at her, holding the freaking belt, She's just crying. like tears coming out of her eyes. Yeah. I mean, this is a woman who cares about this sport, who yeah. cares about the women in it, and who wants to elevate it. And she has, and she's proven that she doesn't need a WrestleMania win. Like she, she's she won. She's at the top of, of her game. Yeah, she'll yeah. she'll lay down. 14 WrestleManias, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter as long as it's elevating what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And what she does yeah. and going back to this match and why I think it's the most important is because it, it's bigger. It would, it, this story and this match, there's a lot writing on, on it. That's bigger than the individuals themselves. Yes. Yeah. I think okay. if you look at the last couple of years, we could probably all agree that the most important or the biggest story NXT told was the Gargano Ciampa saga. But even with that being said, none of us picked any of their matches. We picked the Gargano Cole matches. Sure. But the most important match for reasons bigger than the individuals themselves is this match because. Four horsewomen have gone on to do great things. Asuka has done great things. NXT probably has the best women's division in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. AEW is getting the pieces together. They are. In- Impact Wrestling, I know a lot of people don't watch it. Yo, shout out to Deanna Perrazzo. There's a lot of great women mm-hmm. on in that division as well. And mm-hmm. this this match, this moment in time, you know, people are going to look back and like, yeah, this is where it started. Like, hundred percent. This yeah. this match is the catalyst for for women's wrestling getting taken real serious to the point yeah. divisions could be built. And a lot of things when when you look at wrestling, there's rivalries like that transcend what the industry is at that point. You know, you got like, you know, Hogan Andre trends. You know that was that was bigger than that ever ended up being right. Like that brought wrestling to another level. You know, Rock Austin. You know, Tanahashi and Okada, because without Tanahashi and Okada's rivalry, Kenny Omega is not Kenny Omega and AEW doesn't exist at, at this point. 
you know, and then Sasha and Bailey, you know, is the, you know, another rivalry that transcended the sport of professional wrestling. Cause without that, we don't have Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks main eventing WrestleMania. We don't have, you know, stardom, you know, being taken serious and being invested in Bushi road. Bushy road invested a lot of money in stardom in recent years. After seeing how big, WWE's women's division has gotten that's straight a straight quote from the people who own the company stardom in japan and now stardom outdrew new japan in the same arena and and the, the day after it so women's wrestling without shasha and bailey you know it probably would have said it back another three or four years before they were taken seriously and that's and, and i hate to say it but they needed someone to transcend the sport and shasha banks is a transcendent talent and you might only get a, a transcendent talent once in a generation, once every 15, 20 years. And Sasha Banks says that for the women's division. And she's going to go down as a pioneer in the sport. Bailey Wood, Becky Lynch Wood, Charlotte Flair Wood. But Sasha Banks is the franchise of that women's division. And those matches, especially to take over both of one, without that, we're looking at a totally different industry in general. Agreed. That was... This is why I love having you guys on. That was actually brilliantly said. Um, Sasha's shot. Sasha's legit. Sasha has been doing it, and Sasha's going to keep doing it. And but do you have something to say? <laughs> hey, Bubba. Um, uh, <laughs> yes, Sasha is that transition. That 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 talent that just transcends you know, as, everything. As a as a podcast that spotlights women's wrestling, this has given me the warm and fuzzies that we have all chosen. Uh, this is our, our big, our big winner. So that feels really good. Yes. Yes. Plus all right. As we all go ahead and get teary eyed for a second, because that was <laughs> really amazing. Uh, my number one, um, I love Adam Cole. Um, I do. I hey, that man. The, the man is simply <laughs> um, for two years. I said to myself, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at NXT Takeover 25 was the best match I've ever seen uh, from, t- from Takeover. And then I rewatched New York and Takeover 25 back to back last night. And that's when I made the decision that I was like, they did a couple things wrong in both matches. Because they did a two out of three false stipulation for New York, they jumped the shark. But then you look at how good New York is, and then you're like, I don't care that they jumped the shark. And then you look at TakeOver 25, and you were like, there's no way they can top New York. And then they got really close. And for two years, I said that they actually did. But now I go back, three years, actually. Or two years. No, it's 2021, Jorge. Calm down. You're in the future. Okay, bring it back. Um, <laughs> so to me, my number one is NXT TakeOver to New York by like the slimmest of margins. The yeah, slimmest. I thought you were going to go rogue here and do like their three stages of hell from Toronto. Oh, Toronto? No, that <laughs> match is trash, dude. I was so mad at that match. I hate you're, that. You're like, I couldn't choose between these two, so I'm going to go with the third one. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I watched, I watched TakeOver Toronto in 2019 and like – it hurts my feelings how because okay here's the funny thing it's not like that match is bad <laughs> like that match is actually good it's okay no. it just doesn't it can't hold a candle to new york or, ta- or, or take over 25 it just can't it physically cannot no. like how 25 was even able to do what it did after new york is simply insane and i think Correct. to me the reason why i was so 
enamored with TakeOver 25 was because I got the guy who I wanted to win, win, mm-hmm. right? Like I wanted Cole. I'm a bigger Cole mark than I am a Gargano mark. I'm not even a Gargano mark. I just like to see him get his butt kicked because he's good at it. That match is simply amazing. But you have to look at TakeOver New York and just look at the last 20 minutes of that match. Like, look at just the – you could just look at that third fall. That could be the match, and you're perfectly content with that match. The fact that the second fall is really strong, too, because the first one – the first fall is, like, kind of – it's I, You know, it's just a regular match. It's like, yo, this isn't all that it's hyped up to be. Then you watch the second fall, and you're like, oh, okay. They're starting to get something figured out here, Right. Like, what does is, what is Matthew McConaughey say in uh, Wolf of Wall Street's repetitions? Repetitions. That's mm-hmm. exactly how I felt. I was like, something's happening here. I he can- also says, Okay. Okay. I need you to bring me a, what is it? A dirty martini? And after that, bring them back every 15 minutes until one of them passes the bleep out. <laughs> I thought you were asking your son to bring you a I thought that we would have thought the same thing. Like, what when is he I'll... doing? This is terrible. How do I get my kid to do that? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but that all being said, that uh, after that third fall starts to happen, you, you start to kind of feel something. I started to feel that out-of-body experience with both matches. Do you know how many times do you know how how good a match has to be in order to you have in order for you to have to have multiple out of body experiences? Like I've I've only experienced that a handful of times. Mm-hmm. The first one was probably Eddie Guerrero beating Brock Lesnar at No Way Out in two thousand four was my first out of body experience that I've had watching professional wrestling. And mind you, I'm a huge Rock Mark, so you would have thought that any match in the Attitude Era would have done it for me. Like. I got close, but I was also a teenager. So like I was in puberty. So I didn't know what I was talking about. Like you, it was, it was, it was in 2004. And then I didn't feel it for a long time. And then I watched the third fall of Gargano and Cole in New York. And I saw when Johnny Gargano got that tooth knocked out after the undisputed era did the, did their finisher on him. And I literally saw that flailing around. I was like, that's a tooth. And that came out of Johnny Gargano's (laughs) mouth. I was like, Oh my God, what am I watching right now? I was like, this is amazing. When that match was over, I had to take a breather. Like <laughs> I had to go over to my kitchen. You're holding your breath. Up, yeah. I, I was holding my breath. Yeah. I was like, I called Ross. I was like, Ross, what did we just witness, man? Like, <laughs> what was that? Like, that was unreal. And I was like, there's no way they can pull this off at TakeOver 25. And then I watched TakeOver 25. And I, I know that I'm saying that TakeOver New York is my number one. And it is. But I, I, I almost feel like I almost want to put the two of them together. Like, I, I, and I know that's a cop-out answer. And I'm not actually going to do that. So I'm going to stick to TakeOver New York. But I just want to discuss for a second mm-hmm. what those two matches were like for me. Because I, I, I sit down. And I, and I remember, because I was actually getting ready to go on vacation the following day. I was going to go to, El, to, to Disneyland for like a week. I was, ext- I was super hyped up. But I was like, I can't miss TakeOver 25. I can't miss the rematch. Like, there's no physical way I could do this because TakeOver New York was so good. I have to see what they can do. And I was blown away at multitude of things in TakeOver 25. The fact that they gave that match 32 minutes is mind-blowing to me. The fact that 
the athleticism that was shown, the fact that they, the stamina, I was like, how are you guys yeah. doing this? Like, that was, those two matches are some of the stiffest one-on-one non-gimmick matches I've ever seen put on by World Wrestling Entertainment. Like, I, I understand when Crispy and Gerard back me up on this, I know that Japan is not, like, they don't even come close to that. Like they, they, they literally are just punching you at that point in Japan. And I, that's, it's, it's remarkable, but watching these two Cole Gargano matches, I was just like, yo, what's happening right now? Like, this is amazing. And the fact that they put over Gargano after a two year story, essentially, I was like, you know what? I don't really care for Johnny Gargano, but that really is icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. It was just icing on the cake. I was like, this is cool. I'm okay with this. I I was okay with it. I was like, it's not the fact that Cole's not ready. It's just Gargano needed his moment first before you can give it to Cole. And that's why when I watched TakeOver 25, I'm able to go ahead and appreciate it even more because it's like, okay, we gave Gargano his moment. Now it's Cole's time to shine. And I was like, yes, you made the right call. And I, again, as I've stated multiple times, there's a video of me on our Instagram page where I'm screaming into the phone saying that's a five-star freaking match. And by the way, I'm glad that Meltzer gave that 5.25 and I'm glad that he gave New York five and a half, even though he completely broke the system, but whatever, <laughs> you know, he, he, he agreed with me. So I'm fine with that. And okay. perhaps, I mean, this is a topic for a different show, obviously, but Takeover New York, perhaps the greatest takeover of all time. It's up there. Arguably. I, it's, it's, I, it's up there. I, to me, still view Takeover New York as the second best takeover of all time. Because it's to me, one. it's Takeover 25. <laughs> I, 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 takeover 25, everything was so strong. And by the way, mind you, like I can run down the entire card of Takeover New York and can tell you, there's not a single bad match that I can remember. The War Raiders versus Aleister Black and Ricochet is a banger of a tag team match. Matt Riddle versus Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. I was oh like, yo, dude, what? what? what yeah. And then you see Walter versus Pete Dunn, and you're like, that's not even fair. And then you've got the women's fatal four-way and you're like, that was the quote unquote worst match on the card. Quote yeah. unquote. It's like the second best women's women's match of the entire year by you. And then you have you got a strong you got a strong argument with 25. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because Roddy and Riddle and yeah. Like everything yeah. is those so those two are the best two takeovers I've ever seen from start to finish. Um I got lost in translation. I meant to talk about Cole and, and Gargano Sorry. in New York. I've gone on seven different tangents. I've got children screaming in the background which I love. It's perfectly fine. That's fine. We're used to that. <laughs> But Gargano and Cole in New York, um, it's it's super special. And, and Crispy, you mentioned something earlier that we didn't mention Car- Gargano and Ciampa. I rewatched Gargano and Ciampa one in New Orleans, and I've watched snippets, rewatched snippets of their match in Chicago. They're good. They're really good. But there was a certain pacing issue that I felt that they weren't able to meet. Maybe it's because they were focusing too much on the story. Like at some point you can concentrate too much on a story that it can almost make it a little boring. And by no stretch am I actually saying that Gargano and Champa is boring, but because of that and not enough focus on like spots, sometimes I, fi- I feel like it took away from that. So therefore I didn't put it anywhere near my top three. 
Whereas the three mentions that I mentioned, and even Sasha and Bailey, because I mean a reverse hurricanrana from the top rope, hello. Um, like you can't deny that it had everything. And it that's what makes the three matches that I mentioned so special, the three matches that the four of you all mentioned so special. And that, ladies and gentlemen, are the three greatest NXT takeover matches according to Through the Table, Wrestling with Respect, and the Double Turn Podcast. You're welcome. Boom. Boom. I think it's great that we all came into this idea with different mindsets, but still found a lot of common ground. Yeah. So and still ended up on Shasha versus Bailey at some point. And still like and like that's unanimous. Well, that's the most important match ever this in NXT history. But like uh, Matt and Jen, they did the whole let's find something that we both enjoy and did a joint thing. I focused on highlighting all the aspects of the different divisions. Gerard went wanted to go in the more historical route. So we all went into this looking for different things, but kind of landed in the in the same area. Um, so I think that's great. I mean, it's, I think it's a testament to the, to the product and, and, and the stuff that they put out. And even if you come to wrestling, and I think that's what the great, the best thing about wrestling is, you can come to it for different things. Some people appreciate the athleticism and technical wrestling and, and the technical aspect of it. Some people appreciate the storytelling. Some people appreciate those burning images that last in your head, those moments. Uh, so you can come to it for different things, but we all kind of like, there's a lot of overlap. Like if this was a top five, instead of a top three, I wouldn't change my top three, but I would have added the uh, Johnny Gargano Andrade match. And I would have added Gerard's uh, takeover Cardiff main event. Like that is my top five, actually. Uh, obviously, because we were doing the three thing, we had to kind of cut it down. But mm-hmm. we all, even though we came into it with different perspectives, I just find it interesting that we all kind of landed in the same area. I think it's, I think it not only does it bode well for, you know, NXT having put out such great content over the last few years, it also speaks and bodes well for not to go ahead and prop ourselves up, but I will. Uh, our our minds, our respective minds for, for for professional wrestling, and I really mean that as a not just a testament to what we what the three of us as podcasts do collectively, but I think the five of us as minds are very strong, and we all have different opinions, but we all we can all find a way to get back into understanding and appreciating why we love what we love to begin with and find different things to love about the exact same thing, which is actually even cooler. Um, the history behind, of course, Sasha and Bailey, um, the, the, the story of finally seeing Johnny Gargano overcome two years worth of demons, um, the, the, the insanity that is, you know, six dudes putting it all on the line for a mid card title, which meant nothing. And they made it mean something in one 30 minute match. Um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa carrying a company for three straight years. Like all these moments collectively are what makes NXT and really the NXT takeovers so amazing. 
um, and what's had what has made them amazing over the last six years. And by the way, there's other matches, like especially like back in the early days of NXT, that I highly recommend people should watch. Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville for the NXT title, you know, with Sami Zayn's career on the line, a banger and a half that needs to be watched and appreciated. Sami Zayn Nakamura. Sami Zayn Nakamura from 2016. Um, Dallas yeah, yeah Dallas. Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe in London and in <laughs> Dallas and all the other places that they had matches at are ridiculous. Um, you know, my son, my sons are basically wrestling right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> like that could be an NXT takeover main event if you really want it to be. It's insane. Um, but like th- there's matches. And by the way, there's other women's matches. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have two of our current co-hosts on this on tonight's pod are huge fans of oscar versus ember moon at brooklyn oh, yeah. in, uh, was it toronto or is it chicago i can't remember it's chicago if i'm not mistaken right the other i think it's chicago yeah. yeah so just look at just that's i i don't mean to go on a rant but don't just take our words for it go watch your own catalog and you come up with your own ideas of what you think are the three greatest nxt takeover matches um but I just – I wanted to go ahead and mention that. And with that being said, I want to thank the four of you for coming on with me this evening and just us murdering it on this Megapod. Um, mm. You guys mean a lot to me. I've gotten a chance to get to know you uh, over the last couple of years, and, it, and it's truly been a, an absolute pleasure. Um, and I, I would like for us to go ahead and do this once more at some other point in time. Like, it's, it's not every day that – podcasts can come together and actually just chill and have a conversation especially when you're in the same space and i i actually enjoy that so i want to thank the four of you for for coming on and just having a good time with me on a thursday night thank you so much for having us this was a great idea matt always (laughs) always a great time coming on with the the double turn no, I, and I, I, I will give you all the credit in the world. And thank you, Matt, for allowing me to host it over here. Thank you guys, you know, because you guys of have course. your own platforms. And the fact that you guys, you know, are allowing me to, to release this out to the people and be like, yo, this is what happens when through the table, wrestling with respect and the double term come together. We're going to go ahead and crap on you and you just don't know how it's going to be, but it's going to be great. So you're welcome, people. Um, and to any other <laughs> podcasts who, who want to collaborate, like I suggest it. Like, don't ever view yourself as competition. Like, we're all in the same space to hang to hang out and have a good time and have different opinions and listen to one another. It's a great community to be a part of. For sure. It's a great community. When everybody's getting along and actually talking and having communication. Sometimes. 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 That's a great community to be a part yes. of. A thousand percent. Um, you know, and there are some other podcasts out there who think that they're better and bigger than others for different for a variety of different reasons. To you, I say, screw you, because you started out just as small as we did. Um, and it's an unfortunate thing, but I don't have that problem because you guys are majestic people and I appreciate you very much. Um, that all being said, peeps, this has been a great show and I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, this is going to be one of my last shows for the foreseeable future. I'm going to be taking a, uh, a few weeks break, um, after a backlash, uh, well needed, got a reset. Um, so Ross is going to be handing, you know, taking it over for, for a couple of months, um, but I'll still be here for a couple more shows, but then I hope to be back sometime in September, perhaps. Um, so I just want to make sure that the audience knows that um, we'll do some cheap plugs real quick to go ahead and sign us off and we'll get out of here. So Matt, Jenny wrestling with respect, tell them where it is, man. 
Um, you guys can find um, Matthew and I on Wrestling with Respect on the Instagram. And we are also on Twitter at wrestling underscore, no, respect yeah. underscore pod. Um, you guys can catch me on Instagram at rumderwoman247. And you guys can check out all the cool and awesome uh, makeup that I sell as well. And the link is in my bio. Manny? I do not sell makeup, but you can find me. Although at, I did get Matt some really cool aftershave part of pharmacy's yes, collection. Some men's products too. Yes. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yes. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram as always at the whiskey obsessor uh, on Instagram. Like Jenny said, at wrestling with respect. And I might as well just throw out at metal rock whiskey too. If you like all three of those things. <laughs> yes. Gerard crispy. Through the table. Talk to me. We're at 3T Pod on Twitter. If you want to see us live tweet the shows, you know, start some stuff with some wrestling journalists. If that's what you're into, we do that on our Twitter account. If you want to check us out, the memes, I Strong Style. And if you want wrestling news, check us out on Through the Table on Instagram. And if my personal page is King of Sad Style, all I do is promote my other two pages I just mentioned. But if you just want to follow me for that, go ahead. Um, I want to thank all you guys for inviting me on. It was great to have this opportunity and hope to do it again. Oh, trust me. We'll make it happen again. You you, you bet your butt we will. Crispy, oh, yeah. you want to go ahead and say anything before signing off, my friend? Uh, yeah, just don't forget to support all the great podcasts involved on the show tonight, especially TDT. And head on over to Spirit of Rock. I was on Metal Rock and Whiskey. I do love those three things. Yes. <laughs> and just a friendly reminder that you can download the Through the Table podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. We hit all the platforms so that you can check us out there. And um, don't friend request me on social media because I'm not gonna or I'm not gonna say yes. <laughs> oh my god that's, yeah, that's that's fair that's fair um and by the way r.i.p to half punk right crispy oh yeah i've been yeah i've been mourning hard <laughs> two whole months now just it's okay man it's it's, it's rough man i missed my daft punk You'll be okay, man. We, we, we're here for you, okay? Um, thank you guys so much. And, of course, you can go ahead and check out the, um, the Double Turn podcast um, on Instagram. And, of course, on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, the Anchor app, Wabam Entertainment. Of course, go ahead and check us out there. Shout out to our homie, the Thunderous Wizard, who's going to be uh, writing up some blogs for AEW Dynamite uh, starting in the very near future. Very happy for him and the catalyst of that is because TDT got welcomed into Wabam, which is super cool. So I'm glad that we were able to help out there. Um, and of course, you can go ahead and check out the Double Turn on Twitter. You can go ahead and check us out, TDT Wrestling Pod. Um, you can go ahead and check me out, the one and only JMan19 on Instagram. Ross is the uh, Ross the Real Boss 85, and he is Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. Um, thank you uh, for joining us once more. Um, you guys have a great rest of your evening. On behalf of Wrestling With Respect, Matt and Jenny, on behalf of Through the Table, Rice Krispie and Gerard, on behalf of Boss Ross, on the ones and twos on the other side, I have been the J-Man. This has been the Double Turn Podcast. We will catch you on the flip side. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.